Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Back Peg. Myself here alongside uh, the one, the only, Mr. Lazarus Gremos. Laz, it's a pleasure to have your company once more. And it's been a big week of football. Sure has, Nathan. And it's our pre-Christmas episode. It Just, is, it is. Our, yeah. Yes, our last pod before the uh, before Christmas. Might so have to, uh, Merry yeah. Christmas to uh, all the Back Peggers tuning in. Indeed, indeed. Might have to do one... Um, Maybe on the tw- around the 28th, once the Boxing Day round has uh, finished in the EPL. Yeah, that sounds like a good uh, good identification there. We can uh, yeah. sneak one in before See, the year. Back pig programming uh, happening during the episode itself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pull back the curtain like we keep saying. So there you go. Yep. And I think there'd be um, three episodes before... Um, we get stuck into yeah. the international tournaments in January. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. We'll still run um, run our normal back peg weekly episodes. I mean, January's looking like a big month with the Unite round mm-hmm. in the A-League. And, yeah, so after Christmas, it looks like it's going to be bonkers. But um, Yeah, full steam ahead here on the back peg as well. Yeah, a lot of football to cover off uh, from mm, last weekend. Uh, certainly is. Certainly is. There's a lot to get through, Laz. Oh. Where shall we begin? What caught your eye? What was the most important thing you've seen this week? Hmm, that's a good question, Nathan. That's a very good question. The most important thing, well, I would say Tom Lockyer's collapse at Luton. Yes. Uh, sorry, yeah. at uh, Bournemouth, uh, you know, away at Bournemouth for yeah. Luton, and that's probably the most serious incident that we've seen in a little while, and uh, thoughts and prayers go with uh, Tom and his family whilst he uh, battles that condition, and it was, yeah, it wasn't very pleasant viewing, that's for sure, from what no. from what we've seen. Uh, with the game being suspended, but uh, that was probably the most important thing that you know causes one to pause and reflect for a few moments. And you know, uh, it's amazing how these fit athletes just uh, are susceptible to these kind of things. Yeah, for sure. And mm. that's two heart-related issues this year for Tom Lockyer. He, yeah, he had the trouble in the playoff final. Wasn't a cardiac arrest. Um, but I think that is uh, way too close for comfort for uh, Tom Lockyer, and I would imagine he would have been uh, given quite the fright when he first started feeling it yeah. uh, last weekend at, at down at Bournemouth. Um, but we re- wish him well. A uh, very scary time of year for it to happen as well. Yeah, indeed. around the corner, mm. and uh, the update is that he's uh, stable and hopefully on his way to make a uh, full recovery. Yeah, the good thing um, was that yeah, the good thing Nathan there was that he was receptive. Um, when mm. being taken off the field. Yeah, because he was out for, what, 10 to 13 minutes, somewhere there. Mm. He was receiving treatment and um, we're thinking the worst, but thankfully it's, uh, I mean, we said it last week, if you don't have a cardiac arrest, have it at a football pitch. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Because uh, unless you're very, very unlucky or if there's some issue with the defib, then uh, you're going to get seen to very quickly and uh, much more reliably than you would if it was just on the street. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and I think, it's a good time to mention uh, Heart Better Football as well. Yeah, a little bit well less. said. Yep, yeah, well said. And yeah, uh, yeah the work that uh, Andy and Andrew are doing there is very topical to this discussion and getting defibs in grounds and encouraging everyone to get their heart checked. It's uh, never something to take for granted and uh, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, you uh, stole my thunder there, Nathan. I was yeah, going to mention Heart Better Football and the work that Andy Pascalides and Angelo Tolaka do so and their colleagues. Very important work. and. Warranted because, again, you know, it's even happened locally uh, here. There was a collapse um, and someone passed away actually uh, recently. So, um, but 
yeah, it just makes you think, especially this time of year. So our uh, thoughts and prayers with everyone and, yeah, look after yourselves and, and obviously um, support charities like Heartbeat of Football if you can because they do really good work. And, yeah, it's look, there's a call for uh, local government and, you know, sporting bodies to uh, do more with regards to that. So hopefully um, the battle is won with regards to defibrillators because they're necessary, that's for sure. And the more they're installed everywhere, like you said, Nathan, the you know the more they're installed, the better chance you've got. And football grounds, in particular, professional stadia um, and wherever a professional game is being played, tend to be the uh, best spots for it. Ironically, yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm. And uh, as we have for a while now, we've got a link to Heartbeat of Football uh-huh. uh, on our link tree, which you can uh-huh. find on our socials. Yep. Um, if you can spare any change then uh, it's a great place to uh, donate to and they do some great work, as we've been saying, in this, in this space. So uh, it's a sober, sobering reminder. Well, yeah, it is. That, uh, uh, you never know what's around the corner. That's right. Look, it is the festive season. We didn't want to start the episode on a downer, but that did have a shadow no. of the weekends. <laughs> Look, that did have a shadow of the weekends football happenings, that's for sure. That it did. And yeah. I think it is it is right for us to uh, start with that. You're right to point out that's the most important thing that happened this weekend. That uh, Tom Lockyer is okay. Great to see the uh, the chanting in the stands from the the Bournemouth supporters. Uh, the Tom Lockyer song, and uh, also from Rob Edwards who went around and applauded all the supporters for that yeah. gesture, which is great to see. And no, very much uh, so. When it th- is things like this, you often see that uh, football takes a back seat and uh, life is the priority, which is, is absolutely should be. And Correct. As we say, great to hear that uh, Tom Lockyer is uh, stable. And yes, his life does come first, and it's great that uh, that seeming seemingly is positive. But Laz, uh, it's interesting that uh, whether he'll have a career as a professional footballer off the back of this, because yeah, two heart conditions in a year is yeah. Uh, I don't know if he'll feel confident going out onto a pitch. I don't know if he'll be uh, able to, based on medical advice. Yeah, it's too early to tell, but uh, I would just hope that he's well looked after from the. Professional Footballers Association and uh, the club and the league for that matter, because yeah, it's 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 an issue where you know is he going to be able to get clearance? Mm. Is someone you know it's it, it's a question of will he be able to be insured? Those kind of things. I know I don't want to think of those kind of morbid details, but the fact is is that those questions will be asked. And look, there's no doubt the most important thing is that he needs to ensure that he's right, that he's take you know, that his family are taken care of as well. And that, you know, that question can be answered later when he should he feel that he will be okay to return. So yeah, like we said, it definitely overshadowed the weekend's um happenings, but there was a bit of uh, news on and off the field as well, Nathan. I mean, do you want to go on the field or off the field? I'm happy to go wherever you want to take me, Lars. Okay. Oh, let's just go off the field for a little bit, maybe. Cool. The new FIFA World Club Championship starting in 2025, or Mundial de Club FIFA, as its <laughs> official title is. Yes. I hope I got, and, that, right. Uh, I hope I got that right. Sounds right to me. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's I. Am... What do you hang on? What do you make of the name? Is go it on. a wank? Is it a wank? Oh, it's FIFA. So yes. Um... <laughs> We love FIFA. Club World Cup, sure. I mean, I don't know what else you can call it, really. Mm, No, that's right. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I am warming to the idea. I think, yes, a lot of the clubs in Europe are going to have some disdain for it with extra fixture load. And are they going to take the tournament seriously? Probably not. But for 
clubs in Oceania, clubs in Asia, clubs in Africa, pretty much everywhere but Europe. This is going to be a massive boon for them. And in terms of everything, absolutely everything, whether it be exposure, whether it Mm -hmm. be scouting opportunities for players, Mm -hmm. whether it be just the raw money that they're going to get from FIFA Mm. for participating in this tournament. Mm. I saw this week that Auckland City, Mm. who have booked their place for the 2025 Mm -hmm. edition, Correct. Are going to get a check of fifty million dollars to split amongst them and some other New Zealand clubs, and you'd have to say that's going to be a pretty reliable source of income for them because Auckland City are perennial right. at the Club World Cup. Auckland City might uh, overshadow the Auckland A League team. <laughs> <laughs> Auckland City going to be richer than any other club in in Australia, New Zealand. <laughs> oh dear, maybe yeah, the exception of Melbourne City. <laughs> okay, and look, and I'm playing an advocate here, right? Why wouldn't Auckland City have been considered for the bid, considering that they would be the beneficiary of that kind of mm. money? The problem is, lads, and it's a similar reason as to why you see some players in the NPL not take A-League contracts, it's because the money's going to be worse. If, say, you're an NPL player, you're working your your main job through the week, you've got your NPL game on the weekend, you make more money in a year than you would if you're a full-time professional A-League footballer. Yeah, that's true. If you're Auckland City... You're going to make more money staying in the uh, New Zealand Domestic League, mm. winning the OFC Champions League, mm. going to the Club World Cup, netting a share of $50 million. You're going to be far richer than whatever opportunity presents itself in the A-League, particularly because you can't qualify for Asia. Yeah, no, that's a point. That's a point. Can't disagree with you there. I mean, your, your logic there is sound. So, yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think maybe you're right. Maybe... OFC could rejig some of the, uh, or the New Zealand Football Federation could rejig some of the qualification methods to get Mm. into the Champions League to include the new Auckland A-League team plus the Phoenix plus the domestic clubs there like Auckland City and give an opportunity, an avenue for A-League clubs to participate in continental competition. I think think that'll go down like a lead balloon though, to be fair. Oh, it would. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Don't see that happening, unfortunately. Uh, apologies. No, it would be you, nice, though. Yeah, apologies for you getting thunder and lightning through the microphone because yes, it's <laughs> bucketing down over here. Getting the audience. <laughs> it's uh, and I'm, you know, yeah, it's quite loud actually coming through my cans. And, uh, uh, apologies if it's coming through on the recording. I think uh, our uh, golden retriever Molly is uh, out there in the rain at the moment, so you may have heard her barks. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, that's who, oh, that's who I could hear. Okay. Yes. Well, I thought yes. it was maybe the, na- the neighbor's dog here next door. No, Marley was yeah. jumping on the pod too. <laughs> oh, fair enough. The official back peg mascot. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Yes, but uh, I don't know if she's still out in the rain. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But it's going to be a soggy doggy out there. It was, it's absolutely bucketing <laughs> here in Sydney at the moment, I can tell you. But yeah, Nathan, you're right there with regards to a, the OFC. I think that the AFC should swallow up the OFC and just make it East Asia and West Asia, like we've discussed before. But mm. nevertheless, as far as the World Club Championship is concerned, I'm warming to the idea. I think it's a great idea. I don't think the European clubs actually will have a problem with it per se. I think that you'll have the players and the PFAs having an issue with it more yeah, so than the yeah. clubs. I think the clubs can see the value in it. Um, uh, you know, as far as it's just another revenue stream for them as well. Mm-hmm. So to those clubs that are successful enough to qualify for it, yeah, it looks like it's, I think it'll be a winner. Yeah. I mean, the problem is as well, as we've already got financial disparities across all levels of the game, really. Like you compare the Real Madrid's to the Cadiths, for instance, 
But even then, you compare Cadiz to South American or Asian clubs, and it steps the whole way down, massive steps. Mm. And if we're expecting a club like Real Madrid to always be at the Club World Cup, because over the course of a, a four-year window, surely they're going to either win a Champions League or be one of the uh, the rest of the top-ranked teams high enough to get in there. Mm. Another source of income for Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Bar- and so on. Barcelona won't be there. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, no, but the point stands. <laughs> no, that's um, right. But, these clubs yeah. are already so much more financially powerful. So does Real Madrid get a perennial spot? I don't think they need a perennial spot. They'll be <laughs> no, there they anyway. Need it. They'll be there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the impact this will have on club football is just going to mm. make the gap between the rich and the poor. Well, poor is inverted commas, but that gap's going to get even bigger. Inadvertently, yeah. And that's what a tournament like this does, actually. It, 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 it enhances the, even though that may not be the intent, but it does enhance the haves and, you know, furnish their coffers more as compared to the have-nots, which may occasionally um, qualify for these tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it's positive mm. feedback loops, isn't it? You get more money, yeah, make you stronger, yep. you qualify for more tournaments, mm. you get more money. Mm. You're financially stronger, you qualify for more tournaments, Correct. and so on and so on. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, it's one of the uh, the big questions in sport. How do you make something fair and just and people get rewards for their efforts and their achievements? So, salary caps. Without, <laughs> without blowing out the competition in uh, domestic levels of the game. It's a long-term issue in football. I don't think UEFA have done nearly enough mm. to uh, try and appease the gaps in football that exist at the moment. And it's only going to get worse in my book. Didn't mean to talk over you there, Nathan, for a minute, but it's um, salary caps, in order to answer your question. I think salary craps, salary craps, salary caps and drafts. <laughs> salary crap is what some clubs would call that's it. That's right. Sal- <laughs> salary caps and drafts may be an answer to it because they do have an impact on equalization. Mm. And then you're solely reliant on the, not solely reliant, but heavily reliant on the capabilities of the coaching staff and their identification and their scouting. Yeah. I mean, the owners of the clubs would be all for a salary cap because it means that you can uh, Mm. have a limit on how much you pay your players and the more money you get, it's all going to the owners, isn't it? Yeah. So So that's my issue with a salary cap. Like the players are... Yeah. The ones that have to bear the brunt of it. Correct. And then they're the entertainers, right? They're the people that are yeah. entertaining and providing the entertainment. So why should their earning capacity be limited? I mm. look, I struggle with it from a personal standpoint because, you know, if they're um if they're able to derive an income, they should be able to derive as high an income as possible during their playing career. So but if the if the MO is to try and you know, equalize competition or level it out. Well, then you've got to put in these type of fake controls, for want of a better word, such as a salary cap or a draft or some kind of, you know, some kind of market mechanism to help level that playing field. And do you do it across all of Europe? Financial fair play is something that UEFA has brought in for European clubs. Well, obviously, there would have to be something if you were to do that. You would have to. You know, that would have to be a consideration. Yeah, it would. And so, you know, look, we'll move on because you're going to get down a rabbit hole there. Bet you are. Yeah. But uh, it is a, a long term issue for mm. BFA, UEFA, and the federations to solve. Mm. I don't know how much appetite there is for solving it, but I think it's uh, vastly important for the future the, of the game to the answer, find the a answer, solution to this. The answer there, Nathan, is no appetite. 
Yeah. <laughs> or very little appetite. <laughs> uh, but, Laz, on the Club World Cup, mm-hmm. 2025, the inaugural, well, the first edition of a revamp, mm-hmm. shall we say, not an inaugural, but it's making this current format look of very much dated. Even the prospect of having uh, eight groups of four mm. in 2025, mm. I'm already thinking, gee, what we got now is, is, is a little bit rubbish, isn't it? And um, yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It is. Mm. And I'm looking forward to it. And I think if we are serious about bidding for the 2029 Club Walker to have it in this part of the world, A, I think it's something we absolutely should be pursuing. And I would also like that uh, we're able to lock up hosting rights before 2025's tournament. Because uh, if uh, yeah. if it has to wait until after, there'll be a significantly higher number of uh, prospective hosts, I think, because I'm expecting this tournament to be uh, pretty successful. I dare say that someone would be tapping your Presidente on the shoulder and saying, listen, you know that special deal that you did for Saudi Arabia with regards <laughs> to 2034 bringing forward the, uh, the awarding of the World Cup rights three years and the Saudis just happened to, and good luck to them, right? Good luck to them. And the Saudis happened to submit their World Cup bid one hour after the announcement was made. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, we should perhaps try and deploy similar vein and say, you know how, you know, we accepted that we were uh, we were quiet, but if you're throwing this carrot to Football Australia, I think uh, it's incumbent upon us to go. Yep, we'll have that right now, thanks, and you can announce it. I don't know. One hour after your, uh, you know, you de- you know, you declare the process open. <laughs> I think that'll That'd go be nice. down well. I think that'll go down well. It's something that we need to move on quickly, though. For sure, I agree with you because there will be other candidates that come into the four. But also from a operational and logistical exercise, because guess when the FIFA World Cup will be held? What months? It's going to be June, July, isn't it? Correct. And what is the challenge that uh, always comes up with a World Cup? Well, that we used to come up with a 32-team World Cup in Australia. Ground availability. Correct. So <laughs> it's something we have to move on very quickly, I think. Surely, I mean, you're referencing the AFL and the NRL there. Uh, the NRL were relatively gracious in stepping aside for the Women's World Cup. I don't think that, yeah. I don't think the well, NRL be an issue, Nathan. No, I don't think so either. And the NRL... Maybe they their hand were was forced perhaps by FIFA, but in any case, they should get some sort of credit for not being too much of a uh, sticking point, a stumbling block. Compare them to the AFL though, and it's a different story altogether. Yeah, because correct. the the AFL are the uh, the gatekeepers of Docklands. <laughs> yes, they are, <laughs> and that would be the stadium in Melbourne to host matches at the Club World Cup. I think the MCG would be nice. In theory, to have a ninety thousand seat stadium, but Docklands yeah. is more appropriate. It's not as avicular mm-hmm. <laughs> as the MCG, and Swan Street would be nice, but too small. You're not going to get the MCG, that's for sure, and you're not going to get Marvel. That means There's Melbourne much... will not be hosting games. Uh you'll probably get Swan Street, as you call it, mm. and yeah, I think that'll be the ground that's utilised for it. Well, if it is to be that ground in Melbourne, then I can't imagine there'd be any European teams playing there. Oh, you could probably run it if it was a team from CONCACAF against a team from Amer- from uh, Africa. Yep. Sure, you can run that, maybe. Oh, but uh, the likes of Real Madrid or Bayern Munich playing in a, a 25,000-seat venue, oh, I can't see it. I can't see FIFA signing up to that. Yeah, well, we're about to find out. And I suspect, hopefully. And I suspect, hopefully we are. And, and I suspect it'll be Australia and New Zealand co-hosting. Yeah. And I think FIFA have learned their lesson. Maybe uh, New Zealand won't be getting 50% of the games. Mm-hmm. They might get 25%. Yeah. 
Mm. Host them in Auckland and Wellington. Correct. And Christchurch, who should have their new stadium by then. Correct. Correct. So, yes. But shall we move on? We shall, Les. We shall. Where shall we go to, Nathan? Good question. Good question. There's uh, plenty to uh, cover off. And mm-hmm. I think there's a nice little segue here. We're talking about Melbourne sporting venues. Right. And tournaments and football mm-hmm. hosting in uh, that part of the world. Mm-hmm. It looks like the uh, facility for Western United is uh, on the verge of opening well, with a new name. Okay. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. So the talk is that it's it's going to be put to a poll done by the local council. Uh-huh. And there's two names on offer. Uh-huh. One is Davis Park, named after a local creek, I think it is. Okay. The other is Ironbark Fields. Now, Ironbark Fields is a, a eucalyptus tree native to the area. Uh-huh. What do you make of them? Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Ironbark Fields, to be fair. Of the two, if, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with Iron Barkfields. <laughs> a little bit yeah. different. They are. They are. Davis Park sounds NPL to me. Very. Oh, I don't mean that with disrespect. No, no, no. It's it's okay. But yes, you're right. It does sound very NPL. But mm. I think, yeah, I think Iron Bark would probably be the way to go of those two. But yeah. they're really poor choices, to be honest. Yeah. That, yeah. They're, not very I mean, inspi- they're not very inspiring. It would be like, you can't really name them after a, a player, can you? Because there's no one with that sort of... Oh, legacy yet at well, Western no, United, but there might be a oh, there might be a legendary soccer for instance, or, you know, uh, from that area that you could potentially name it after. Can you though, if they've never played for Western United? Yeah, you can because you're showing a can bit you? of a nod. Yeah, because you're showing a bit of a nod to the history of the game in that area and the area they're purporting to represent. Sure, I think that's a <sighs> substantial enough link. It would be much better if they had played for the club than the someone club, who did. The club's only been around for a few years. Yeah, and that's why, for mine, there's no individual to name anything after for Western United as of yet. No, but why don't you name it after a old historic figure of the, of the game from there's that area? Western United legend, Les. Oh, come on. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Fair enough. Look, okay, the, uh, I'll take your point too. I'll take your point as well, but I think... Alessandro Diamante Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Has a nice ring to it, but I don't think that'll be it. <laughs> but yes, um, uh, Nathan, I think they should. Like I said, they should have just had a dip of the hat to old football in that way, if I could say it. Mm. Yeah, so, maybe it'll get renamed in twenty years when there is someone. The John Aloisi. Oh, you know, the, the John Aloisi. <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? It could be, you know. The John Aloisi Park, or whatever the case is, but maybe the John Aloisi Hoof, as you said, as he uh, <laughs> hoofed the uh, advertising boards on the weekend. That he did. Uh, he's uh, fighting for his uh, job at the moment, John Aloisi. Um, look, it's not the result, worst though. of shouts to uh, because in 10 years' time, maybe John Aloisi's time, Western United will be uh, held in uh, mm. decent regard. He, he did win a comp. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, from the dugout, and it was a, a good result for him on Friday night. Got one over his the, brother. Uh, yes, the, the first competitive Aloisi derby. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a, a fiery game, shall we say. It was, actually. I was surprised with how, how fiery it was. Mm. How fiery it was. Should we keep going uh, with the A-League? Because that was quite interesting, yep. and then we can go around the world after that, maybe. That, that we can. That we can. Or into Europe, wherever else we'd like to go. Um, but yes, West United getting the uh, three points over Brisbane. Good win. Good to see them back on the horse. And uh, 
maybe this is the start of something new for Western. But let's, uh, let, let's hope yeah. so because they need it. They do. They do. Um, they uh, a figure from the club said that John Aloisi's job was not up for debate coming into the weekend. That uh, he's there for the long haul. And look, it's a kiss of death, isn't it? But uh, we have to take it at face value, I suppose. And if he is to pick it up, then happy days, not a problem. We don't have to talk about John Aloisi. Uh, being uh, dismissed from West United again. Hopefully that's the case. But uh, in the meantime, Lars, do you see West United being able to pick up now beyond just last weekend? Is it sustainable that they just get a little bit fortunate? Uh, look, so I see it. I hope, I hope so for their sake. I think it would be a good thing for the league actually to have uh, West United on, you know, be resurgent. I don't know. Look, I look at last season and I look at so the season so far. I just don't see it. Mm. I just don't see it. Um, look, to me, that that result was a surprise. I thought Brisbane would would win, right? But um, yeah, congratulations to John and his side, and they uh, they hopefully have turned a corner, or, you know, turned a corner for their side. Uh, look, I'm going. I'm going to go through the rest of the results, and you tell me what uh, what you think. The Wanderers, Western Sydney Wanderers, won Adelaide nil. Yeah, Western Sydney hung on at the end, but I thought so. They should have been up by more by that point. Correct. Up until the red card, they should have been up by two or three. I, I didn't think Adelaide gave a really good account of themselves. In that no, game. and if they were able to snatch a point, it wouldn't I'd have been deserved, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And uh, They're in a tough spot, Adelaide. Mm-hmm. They're in a very tough spot at the moment. And mm-hmm. is it a mix of... Is it a bad mix of age profiles in the squad? Too many kids and too many... Could be. Players at the other end of the spectrum, not enough in the middle, perhaps. Uh, is it that... Nestria uh, and Kunga yeah. has been made into this sort of talismanic figure and he's not mm. ready for that yet. Is there too much pressure on the kid to win games for Adelaide? He had a couple of really strong, fast, powerful shots mm. towards the end of the game and yeah. uh, made Lawrence Thomas work for uh, the result of the end there. But yeah, it's just not quite clicking for mine. Mm. That's an interesting point that you raised there. Uh, Newcastle, Perth, two all. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting game. In, in particular, a spirit of performance from Newcastle to get a draw at the end. But yep, I think... Those two, teams, a... those two teams are where they deserve to be, though, right now. Yes, they are. And, Laz, I'm going to say, if there is... Well, I don't wish for it, but mm-hmm. if there was one more injury to the uh, attacking stocks for the Socceroos, mm-hmm. how far away is uh, Stamatolobolos from getting on the plane to Qatar? He won't make it. I don't think he's far off. Mm, I don't see it happening. I don't mind him. I don't mind but mm. I don't see it happening. It would... <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I don't see it. I don't pick him now, but maybe if there's uh, another injury, he enters the conversation. Say if Jane McLaren picks up an injury that uh, rules mm, him out. Thinking about it, that is a good point. Because he's, uh, he's in goal-scoring form. But your strikers have got to be that you're taking over. McLaren, well, Licky is the issue now, isn't it? Because he's injured. Yeah, I don't consider Licky a striker. Okay, so you just consider him a wide player. Yep, so I, I wouldn't play so him in the middle. So we're saying Burns? Um, Burns. Jeez, how's Nathan that for Burns. A Nathan Burns is a throwback. <laughs> he looks like him. Mitch Duke. Mitch Duke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Duke, McLaren, and Fornaroli. Yes. For mine. Jeez, um, I don't know why Nathan Burns came into my mind. Maybe because of the Newcastle <laughs> connection for a moment. Yeah, that's a, that's a strange one. I, I've got no, reason, no explanation for it, that. It was. Maybe there's too much coffee in, you know, too much coffee in my cup. Yep. Um, God almighty, how's that for a memory fade? Mm, but yes, Mitch Duke. Because I know Nathan Burns did spend time in Japan as well. But um, mm. and, and everywhere else for that matter. Uh, yep. Mitch Duke, Jamie McLaren. Yeah, it would have to be Fauna Raleigh, wouldn't it? It has to be. He's got 12 goals this season. 
And if you think about reserves in this scenario where someone picks up a knock and they're unable to make it, you've got Stamatolopoulos, you've got Yengi in there. See, I think Yengi would go before. Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. I think Yengi would go before Stamatolopoulos there. I don't know if there's really anyone else in the frame. um, Name escapes me. He was at Melbourne Victory last year and uh, got a move to... Oh, Daggers. Norway. Yes. Yes. He's got to be in consideration as well uh, if he's he does. not injured. What's holding him back is that they're out of season now. Uh, look, that's yes, but I don't think I don't. It wouldn't take him take much for him to get fit to actually be able to come off the bench. Yeah, fair. And he was in attendance at the Big Blue on Saturday night. Correct, which is nice to see. And with he, Melbourne winning three 0 Yes, overseeing his former team pick apart Sydney FC. Yeah, tell you what, Uffy's got one hell of a job there. Seems that way, doesn't it? Mm, and they, haven't, they haven't turned a corner, Nathan. No, they haven't. And look, part of it obviously is that he's new to the role, still figuring everyone out, and no preseason, no transfers, yada, yada, yada. I think we're seeing the end days for Brian Grant, unfortunately. I agree with you. Probably Luke Bratton, too. I agree with you there. And look, Uffy likes bringing the kids through, and we know how well stocked Sydney are in terms of the youth products, they're up there with the best in the country, if not the best. Mm-hmm. So I don't know any names, but I'm sure there's some coming through. Oh, there are, there are. Um, 17-year-old uh, boy got his debut as well on the weekend for Sydney. So they are bringing some youth players in, but yeah, it's going to be a long, hard watch this season, I think, for Sydney. Yeah, I, I struggled to find a spot for them in the six. I thought they would be toward the back end of the six, but I think they're going to just miss out. Yeah. You and- know, somewhere between seven and, th- seven and ten. I like this and, season. I mean, some of the players have got, even the ones that they're relying on, like Fabio, he's not up to scratch. Not yet, anyway. Like many people were saying about uh, Arnold Torres for Central Coast. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were saying that he wasn't up to, up to scratch, and mm-hmm. he announced his uh, proper arrival this weekend with a <laughs> cheeky hattie. That he did. That he did. I was going to mention that a little bit later, but I'm glad you brought it up now. But, uh, yeah, Cindy were putting a red felt pen through, I think. I think. Even allowing for the quality of their imports, it just doesn't look quite right yet. And I think Ulfuk uh, Talley's got his work cut out there for him for the rest of the season. But uh, I think you're right there, Nathan, with the preseason, maybe under his belt, he might have more success next season with Sydney FC. But, geez, Central Coast Mariners and Melbourne City. How was that for a game? Oh, that was so fun. That was so fun. <laughs> Three all. <laughs> Great game. Great game. Fantastic. Yarkovich, he's... He's a divisive uh-huh. character, uh-huh. Uh, but he got a couple of returns on the weekend, which is good to see. Uh-huh. I think him alongside Torres were two players that are, are starting to find their feet, uh-huh. and Melbourne City need someone alongside uh, Aslan to carry this team forward. Very he's, true. A, he's a joy to watch, Togo Aslan. Yeah. I don't know how. I, I know the reason why he came to Melbourne, because he's got relatives who live out Correct. here. But Correct. There's no way he should be playing in the A-League. He's way too good. He is way too good. <laughs> he is way too good. But, but hey, listen, I'm glad that he's made that lifestyle choice and we get to see the quality of his football because it's just a joy to watch sometimes. It really is. 100%. 100%. Mm. And he goes straight to the top of the list for for me for best players in the A-League. He's in, he's in that top bracket. I agree. Agree, and if he sustains it for the rest of the season, then surely we're talking about the uh, John, Johnny Warren medalist. You wouldn't be far wrong. Good call, good early season call, Nathan. Well said. I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you there, but tell me about MacArthur and what happened. Oh God, oh no, jeez, dreadful, 
dreadful. Chiefy went down Chiefy and his, his Nucks did a, a number on us big time. They did, didn't they? They absolutely did. And two teams that like to hit on the break, it was always going to favour the away team in the, in this fixture. But Wellington were resolute at the back. They defended very well. And MacArthur had no answers. Yes, they had a penalty that was one of the mm-hmm. worst penalties I've ever seen from Lou Davila. Sure. Yep. But that's three pens safe for Alex Paulson. He's having a fantastic start to life uh, as a first-choice goalkeeper in the Elite Men's. Someone I don't think will be hanging around for much longer if he keeps it up. I agree with you. Even at his young age, especially for a goalkeeper, he will get picked up by someone. Mm. And once again, enjoy a while it lasts. Yep. <laughs> Wellington supporters, because uh, I don't wish for him to go necessarily to uh, the detriment of Wellington, but uh, the kid's destined for uh, great things if uh, mm. his early, season, early career form is anything to go by. And... Wellington, I think, showed MacArthur what a good team is this season. It's the first time the Bulls have really been shown up. And Very on the pitch, on the pitch, not good. On the pitch, it wasn't good. But off the pitch, Laz, and it's not often we get to say this, mm-hmm. I have only positive things to say about MacArthur off the pitch this oh, wow. week. Wow. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Do tell. It was, the stats come out that it's their second highest attendance at Campbelltown for a match against a team that's not from New South Wales. Right. So against Brisbane, Wellington, mm-hmm. Melbourne clubs, Adelaide, Perth. Sure. And MacArthur Mondays seem to be a hit. It's twice yeah, out of right. two mm. attempts. Mm. But the Bulls have absolutely exceeded expectations in terms of a crowd number. Look, I don't like talking about crowd figures, mm-hmm. but I do like talking about positive things about MacArthur because they do yeah, cop it every week. Every week I see it. And the 7 p.m. time slot, I think, is very good in terms of getting the kids out, particularly mm-hmm. in school holidays. It's not sure. too late. Compare 7 to 7.30, 7.45, it's getting a bit too late. Yeah, agree. But 7 o'clock's good. It's not too early for people. It allows them to get home from work and everything else. But also comparing Monday at 7 to a Friday night or a Saturday night, there's less competition. I agree with you, and I think it's a good call with regards to school holidays. Mm. You, know, um, you know, it's a good time of year to kind of put those games on. So if it's something that uh, the club are looking to expand upon for, for next season, all power to them. But um, it was good to see that there was a, a decent crowd there, relatively. Yeah, 4,893, mm. I think the number was, which, mm. as I say, is a good crowd. And I think there's less things to go to instead of going to a Bulls game, be it correct another sport, be it just going out to the pub, be it spending time with the family, the movies, whatever else. Correct. You're less likely to do something else on a Monday night. That's true. So, as That's you say, Laz, um, keep it going. And hmm. it'll be good to see that it is kept going because I think it's a bit of a green shoot for this football club. Right. And uh, let's see, it's uh, fertilised and fostered and let's see how far we can go because uh, we seem to be onto, onto a good thing here in Australian football with MacArthur Mondays. Good. Let's More of it. On. More of it. Oh, um, great. I agree. The Knicks are the real deal. Oh, they are. The, the Knicks are the real deal. Big time. Um, I think that's uh, definitely top four. Yeah. Definitely Maybe top higher. four. Maybe higher. I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. I have been impressed all season from what I've seen. So, yeah, the Knicks. Barring that blip against Newcastle. Yeah, that's true. But Sorry the, to come over there. Over, no, no. Over there but, uh... no, no, don't, don't apologize. I, I do it all the time. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> just conversation. You just go, ah. Oh. But, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Yeah, and Cryev looks like a fantastic player again this season for Wellington. Someone like Dolga Arslan, someone who mm-hmm. uh, perhaps has, still has a career at, uh, with all due respect, a higher rung on the football ladder. But whilst they're here on our shores and 
well, across the ditch as well. It's an absolute pleasure to watch them, even if they are scoring goals against my team. True. <laughs> and, and we need to enjoy them and celebrate these players because 100%. quite easily they could end up at an MLS or something like that, which or Saudi. is a league that we <laughs> should compare ourselves with. Yes, the scale is different. Mm. I don't think the level of competition is that that much different, although obviously the estates are trying to improve the quality of their league. There's no doubt about that. Forget Saudi. Saudi's just off the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to see some and friendlies. We'll, and we'll get back to Saudi in a minute. Well, oh, okay. All maybe right. later on this episode. We'll see how we go. Well, we're, we're here for the long haul, I think. Um, could be a late night. We'll see. This is an I do want to see some uh, MLS cross A-League friendlies. See, that would be good. Mm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Should we just cover off the women's as well for the A- A-League women's? Let's do it while we're here. Central Coast versus Melbourne City, one all. Yeah. Mm. Melbourne good goal. Fi- yeah, yeah. Good goal at the end of it. Yes. Catch it if you can on uh, the A-League app or Paramount. Not that they're sponsors, but... Um, Ah, well, that's right. Melbourne victory, two against Canberra Nil. So very successful night for the Melbourne victory at Swan Street Twice. Stadium, as you could call it. <laughs> it's a much better name than I agree, Melbourne than... Rectangular Stadium. Or and yes, Amy. I know it's Amy Park for corporate or, reasons. But... Uh, Amy. It's you. I don't know how you call it Amy when there's a double A. Shouldn't it be uh, Amy? Army. <laughs> Army. Army. <laughs> um, I digress. So... Adelaide United and Wellington Phoenix 2-1. So the Knicks in the women's went down, which is a bit of a surprise given their recent form. Yeah, good come from behind win for Adelaide. Mm, mm, agree. This one surprised me. Newcastle Jets versus Western United 4-2. I saw a couple of goals in this and, and they weren't too shabby oh, at all. Serena Bold's goal is fantastic. <laughs> That's the one. That was the highlight <laughs> of the round for me. It was and, a great goal. Yep. Again, good crowd. Yes. And part of that is that the Matildas are just golden in uh, women's football yeah. and Emily Van Egmon, I believe it was, it was her uh, yeah. farewell game, her send-off game. Correct. The end of her uh, four-match guest stint. So hopefully that was a, a nice little shot in the arm for the Jets for uh, some hype and some feeling and they mm. can stick around for the weeks to come. But a, a very good result and a good performance as well. West United, they're struggling a little bit this season for mine. They're not they're not hitting the same heights. No, that uh, yep, I agree. They haven't hit the same heights. Although they're there and thereabouts. In in every game they're so competitive. But just mm. they leave you wanting a little bit more. They leave a little bit to be desired, yeah. Brisbane versus Western Sydney Wanderers, one all played out of Perry Park. Another goal for Sophie Harding. I know. Crazy, isn't it? Can't stop scoring. No. Good luck to her. No, she's doing well. And Perth Glory versus Sydney FC nil all. On Sunday, that just passed, which was interesting to see Perth hold out Sydney. I thought, I mean, Perth are having a decent season, having they a are. decent season in, in the in the A League women's. Sydney were very wasteful. They were a bit like Liverpool. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, they were. <laughs> bit is that like your segue, isn't it? <laughs> That's my segue. How's that? I, l- I learned from the best, thank you. Yep. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Yes, Liverpool. Jeez, that was a wasteful. That was actually, you know what? That was 90 minutes that I wish I didn't get up for. Yeah, it was a tough watch, wasn't it? It was shocking. <laughs> it was terrible. Look, we build this game. Was it on British Football Watch? Was it on here last week? I'm not sure. Probably as both. England's answer to El Clasico. Probably both. But look, by all rights, it, it is. It mm-hmm. is. Man U, full credit to them. Did yep. what they had to do to get the result. The draw was the result they wanted. They got it. Mm-hmm. Ten Hag set up the team for that. Ranch. Well, you didn't have a choice. 
No, well, that's true too. Yes, mm. injuries and and suspensions forced his hand. But Varane just showed how good a defender he is, and that's what you need to do first is defend. Don't worry about playing out the back. Defend. <laughs> the player yeah. from out the back will come. Yeah. Right? Raphael Varane and Harry Maguire is a pairing. It wasn't that on the weekend, I know. But no. if it is those two together, then they're very good box defenders. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not getting through that as a two no. if United are sitting in. And John Evans had a really good game as well. Yes. And yes, Liverpool had all the ball. They had 34, I think, shots. Mm. I don't remember Onana making any crazy saves. No, he didn't. There was a one off the corner that he made look acrobatic, but really it was straight at him. And if he let that one in, more questions be asked of him than celebrating a good goal, which is True. always my marker. True. Always my mark for a good save or a bad save. Mm-hmm. If the reverse happened, what would the discussion be? Well, is yeah. it a keeper's fault? Is it a good finish? Um, and really, United had the best chance of the game with Hoyland. Yeah, they did. Although I'm a bit filthy on Nunes. Stopping he... to appeal for a penalty <laughs> with an open goal. Are you for real, son? Like, mate, how, the, he hook, doing? how the hook doesn't come out for him? <laughs> Seriously, like that's something that we teach 10-year-olds. Mm. You play to the whistle. Don't stop, yep. right? The goal was gaving for him. It was there. He would have been a hero. And well, not a hero, but he would, you know. He, he would have scored the winner. Let, he let, would have scored the real. winner, right? It would have been the winner. Oh, man. That's a coach killer, that. It really yep. is. And because you no should, goals you... in 10 games for him now. No goals in September. But, but, Nathan, if you're a professional competitive footballer, mm-hmm. your instinct should be, go get it. Yeah. Like, appeal for the penalty after if you happen to hook it wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Which, look, he probably would have done if he went to the ball. Well, knowing him, he given would have his ball. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Or he would have been offside somehow. You know, well, yeah. But, yeah, seriously, come on. Like, you can't be in positions like that and just stop mm. at appeal and just let the ball <laughs> And, look, uh-huh. Darwin Nunez, I thought he'd kick on a lot more this season than he has. Like last season, he was a raw kid. He didn't have a grasp of the language or the culture. Uh, question marks over how well he was yeah. competing with the teammates and so on. I thought a lot of those would have been ironed out for this season. He sh- he has showed some signs. Some. Some signs. Not, but nowhere the, near enough. No. The level of improvement has not been enough. This, no. I agree with you. I agree with you. I wouldn't have him in Newcastle. And forget Real Madrid. Probably not. He reminds me no. of Cavani. He reminds me of Cavani. He just misses more goals. Well, that's very harsh for Cavani, that. That's what I'm saying. No, there's, okay, stature, right? Like shape, like body, mm. you know, body shape, movement, right? I mean, Cavani was a bit more of a silky player. Cavani was a small, skillful player. Nunez was quicker or is quicker than what Cavani ever was. Now, if yeah. you could just add those kind of skills to his game, the guy would be unstoppable. And he's at a really good club to do so, right? But. He is. But. Un- under a good manager to do it for. That, that, exactly right. But that instinct, right? That mentality where he stops to appeal for a penalty, right? I don't know. Like, that just goes to show me that he's still got a long way to go as far as awareness and development on the pitch is concerned. Yeah. And it's tough because I would imagine that Jota would displace him at some point for the rest of the season for up that position up top. Up top. Sure, sure. And uh, like Luis Diaz off the left didn't have a good game at the weekend. Normally he does. But, uh, yeah, Liverpool just weren't at it entirely on the weekend. No, no. You, and look, they were very Not they were only quite, Liverpool were off, yeah. Anfield was off as well. 
I was thinking, mm. listening to the game, watching the game, 25 minutes in half an hour, it's dead. It's so mm. quiet. Yeah. And it's a bit of a stick to beat Anfield with that you'll never walk alone. It has a big, massive impact at the start of the game, big atmosphere. Mm. Mm. As soon as the game starts, it quietens down. But it really mm. was. And I was surprised to hear the cop as well, so quiet during the game. Mm. I think part of it was an expectation for Liverpool to go Correct. and tear United to shreds. And I think you're right. I think, and, I think that's what it came down to, Nathan. And it didn't happen. But even still... You, like if you're the cop in that game, surely you're just begging for for blood there, not just okay, go on, destroy them then. Yeah, look, atmosphere. Does this play is Manchester United that are coming <laughs> down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, atmosphere does play a role, and I think that it's incumbent on the players to actually lift the crowd as well. The crowd is there. It's a two way street. Right, so yes, the crowd needs to respond to what the players are doing, but also push on the players as well. And uh, Anfield has had done that in the past, but obviously they couldn't do it this time around. And you're right, it, it was a bit on the quiet side, I thought. Yeah. But, uh, but an, an atmosphere that wasn't was St. James Park. No, good win. Great win. Against a uh, resurgent, shall we say, mm-hmm. Fulham side. Yep. And look, it was always going to be a red card for Raul Jimenez that helps. Sure. And Marco Silva wasn't happy during the presser, but I, I don't know. He is, what, a, he, what he is a bit of a winger, isn't he, Marco Silva? Uh, yeah. Yeah, when things don't go his team's way, yes, he is. He lets you know. Yeah, definitely does. And look, he's wrong in this instance. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a red all day. No arguments here. And he realised that, and he knew that. And that, look, he was quite apologetic, but you can't... No, sorry. Red all day. So That is... Like, not, if you look uh, up reckless in the dictionary, there'll be a, a picture of that. Yeah. Correct, correct. <laughs> no, good to see the Geordies get back in the, in the winner's circle and played re- relatively well. Um, the only thing I can say about Fulham is I like the hot pink kit. It's a winner. Yeah, I don't mind it, eh? Yeah, me neither. But that's the only positive thing I can say about Fulham. Yeah. We should mention, though, in the Women's Super League, there was a women's El Clasico, as far as England is concerned, with Liverpool there was. winning the ladies for the first time, beat, you know, mm-hmm. at Old Trafford as well. Big result from Liverpool ladies. Oh, uh, wasn't it wasn't at Old Trafford. Oh, okay. I thought that, no, was... oh, sorry, I, didn't, I saw the score, no. I saw the highlights, but I thought that was, that was no, set for was Old that, Trafford. Uh, no, it was at Lee Sports Village. Ah, uh, okay, where they normally play it. Yeah, which is nowhere near Old Trafford. Um, it's on the complete other side of Manchester. Oh. Uh, I think it's like a 40-minute drive at times. Okay. It's it's baffling to me why. I mean, it's not baffling. I know the reason. But Manchester United shouldn't be playing its academy and women's games out of a venue on the complete other side of town. Why? There should be a academy stadium next to Old Trafford. Excuse my ignorance. What is the reason for that, though? I think it's just easy for them to do it. It's cheap. Right. Is that the only reason why? I believe so. I'm happy wow. to be corrected. But wow. Okay. If this was a serious football club, they would have an academy stadium. Just a 5,000-seater, nothing crazy, nearby Old Trafford, like City do. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's been talked about for some time. Is on the wish list for United supporters to have uh, an opportunity to go and watch academy, the academy yeah. and then go into Old Trafford on the same day to watch the men's because the, the academy are always on in the morning or yeah, late sure. morning. Mm. And that opportunity, if it was able, if it was accessible, you can go to both games in the day. But if Manchester United uh, 23s, 18s are playing at home on the same day as the men's team, you can't watch both games. You can't go to both venues. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, which is a real shame for the boys and the women. Yeah. But uh, the Glazers don't invest in infrastructure, so what can you do? Seemingly not, Nathan, seemingly not. Uh, yeah, no, because I, I, I remember reading that, um, and I saw the highlights, but very quickly, uh, I was more interested in the result, to be fair, 
the because yeah. they were played on the same day as well. Mm. It was a, a double header of sorts. Yeah, that's right. So but Liverpool were good. It was slated for Old Trafford at one point. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. The game was at least sports though. Yeah, mm. that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like it's it's unfortunate. It, you know, it should have been on a bigger stage yeah. considering the the, the clubs mm. and considering how successful Man United women have been in recent years or how competitive they've been. Yeah, not so much this season because no, they've picked they've lost a couple of players. They picked up a couple of injuries to replace. Or injuries to replace the players they lost. Sure. And it looks like Mary Opes is uh, heading south in January. Oh, really? That's on the cards, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, going to Arsenal. Uh, because Mary Opes almost went to Arsenal during the summer. In, mm. in the summer. Mm. And if Mary Opes goes, then it would take a mammoth effort for Manchester United to recover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed. But should mention Liverpool a bit. They were really good, they deserve the win. Mm. And as you say, Les, they uh, picked up a, a very good three points. First time they've ever beaten Man U in the women's, mm-hmm. which is... wasn't the first time. No. There was a, It wasn't the only first in the WSL this weekend. Okay, go on. It was the first time that Spurs ever beat Arsenal yes. in the WSL. I forgot. Yes, that's true. Mm. A 1-0 win. That's true. Yes. Fantastic goal. It was, actually. It was. And that was, was at um, the Emirates. No, that was at oh, um, wasn't it? No. Was it? White Hart Lane or the Tottenham or, Hotspur. Or was it Tottenham Hotspur? I think I thought yep. um, Emirates, I thought it was at the Emirates. Um, there you go. Mistaken again. Wow. All these uh, stadiums, lads, you're making me doubt myself here. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought the, the Arsenal were the home team. But it, you're right, it was a top goal. It was a top goal. And it was um, interesting to see Arsenal just stand off the Spurs players and just let them run at them for that goal, mm. actually. And that's a goal that the the men's team would be proud of. Yeah. The way they played out and absolutely cut Arsenal apart. I was just surprised watching that and thinking that why are they standing off them straight away? Like mm. going, you know, like uh, and Arsenal being the kind of side they have been this season, they've normally been in in the opponents' faces and not giving an inch. So to actually do that in a derby was quite surprising. But it was a big result for them. Big result for Spurs. Yep, absolutely, and it's a good moment for them. Mm. As a as a women's team to finally get one over on the on mm. the neighbour, mm. it's funny a week ago as we we're talking about Chelsea getting killed by Arsenal, yeah, and then here we are Arsenal lose <laughs> Spurs and exactly Chelsea right. put three goals past Bristol, yeah, yeah. Oh Chelsea, and look. the the uh, conversation flips completely. Yeah, Chelsea will be thereabouts. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's no no doubt about it. But yeah, I'm fascinated with what you just said about Mary Earps actually, mm. and the fact that the movie on the movie's on down south. That's very yeah, intriguing. I'm not happy about it. Oh, I can understand that as a man. Arsenal got uh, Alessia Russo on yeah, a free. Correct. From yeah, effectively. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But they're, they're going back and picking up um, another World Cup star. At least they'll be paying for this one, though, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be much. <laughs> no, but, you know. Better, it, better than it, nothing, I guess. It, it'll be better than nothing. Yeah. So, you know, but... Um, Shall we go back to the Premier League? No, I'd say, Les, while we're on uh, women's Women's? soccer, go for it. We should mention that the uh, Matildas uh, against Uzbekistan has had a venue confirmation. Yes, Marvel. Yes. Mm. Not the MCG as was touted. Well, thank goodness for that. (laughs) Hey, I mean, the Matildas are, as we said earlier, I make them the, uh, the strongest brand in Australian, among the Australian national teams. Yes. I think they stand above every other one, men's yep. or women's in whatever sport. Yeah, but and uh, already you're seeing such strong demand for tickets mm. for Docklands, which is great to see. And a packed out marble against Uzbekistan of all teams. 
mm-hmm. will be a fantastic night for Australian football again. Mm-hmm. And the Matildas in 2024 uh, look to continue their great strides. Hopefully they don't drop a beat. Well, they don't miss a beat, I should say. And Tony mm. G can drop a beat with his team. Um, surely, surely. Yeah, it, look, let's hope that they get the result that's needed because the series against Canada wasn't that great. No, and it didn't raise any more questions. It raised the uh, the same questions about mm-hmm. Tony G and Correct. his rotation. Correct. We didn't talk about it much last week because it uh, caught, us by, caught me by surprise. It was still in the, in the same week, but it wasn't yeah, that's uh, true. weeks prior. <laughs> mm, very <laughs> but true. But whilst we're here, I mean, it didn't make any sense to me to play the entire B team in the first game. Mm-hmm. And then play the entire A team in the second game and mm-hmm. not make any subs until right of the death mm-hmm. on the artificial pitch mm-hmm. when the game was still in the balance. Mm-hmm. I struggle to see anything that Tony G would have learned from that international window. I agree with you. Look, and last... I, I know we argued about the five the five nil formats, right? And that it would be a valuable lesson for the players that did play. You're right about the fact that there was no integration of so-called A team and B team players together which would probably have been preferred. However, uh, I think there will be great individual lessons learned by the Matildas. As far as from a coaching perspective is concerned, I the only thing I would hope is that he understands what levels players are at, but also perhaps that he does need to adapt his approach and change his approach, which is something that happened during the World Cup as well, where we said, hey, you're not changing things. You, you know, the side is stagnant. Um, yeah, so... It's going to be interesting, should Australia qualify for the Olympics, how we've learnt from the mistakes of the past. And have we Probably developed enough talent? Sorry, sorry. No, 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 I was going to say, no, 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 no. And have we developed enough talent to come to step into the breach? I was going to say, these this two-match series against Canada was quite important, not just for preparation or tactics or squad rotation, integration, whatever, but purely on the world rankings, this series was quite important. I agree. Because I had a look, and assuming the Matildas get past Uzbekistan, they're on course to be a pot three team at the Olympics. Yeah, that's right, because they're no longer in the top 10. Yeah, and that means that you might draw France, USA, and then you oh, it won't be France oh, and USA, yeah. but it'd be France and Canada. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought like either a France or a USA or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah France, USA, or Spain. Spain. And then, yeah, Canada or the Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch, mm. which looks like a very tough draw, however it would come out. Correct. Whereas if the Matildas ended up being in pot two, it's much better prospects. Yeah, no, look, it's it's disappointing to see that that's more than likely going to be the case because of the, not futile exercise, but just the unfortunate exercise that the Canadian trip was. Maybe we're paying a short-term price for it now as compared to the longer-term benefit, and that's what I'm hoping for. Trying to stay positive, Nathan, and I think hopefully <laughs> there will be glimmers of hope I can get from that. But yeah, I think I'll be very surprised if uh, Tony G is still in the dugout in a year's time. I think it goes after the Olympics. Yeah, I think we hit the nail on the head a few episodes ago. Mm. Yeah, well, you did. Oh, I was happy to give it a, a joint effort. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, now you're spot on, spot on. Laz, shall we jump back to the Premier League and European football? Yeah, yeah, this isn't a Premier League show, but yeah, let's let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go through every game, of course, no. because we'd be we'd be here all night. No, that's right. All day tomorrow, probably. No, but, but uh, yeah, what well, else stood out from the weekend in the Premier League? Would it be City dropping points again? Would it be Spurs continuing their decent run? Villa winning. Yep, that was Vit- a feisty game. Far out. <laughs> it was. It was. How many r- cards? 
12 cards all up. <laughs> Crazy. Two reds. All up. Two reds. Yeah. Well, and the managers got red cards themselves, both. Yep. So there you go. There you have it which is uh, crazy. But, you know, full credits for Villa, and uh, they're in a title race. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on. I've come, <laughs> I've come around. It's on now. It's on. Yeah, you're making that call. I'm making that call. It's on. I was going to wait to the end of January. I think it's on now. Yep. Um, Particularly with, uh, with Man Liverpool City and Arsenal. Points. Yeah, with Man City playing this weekend. And Liverpool and Arsenal yep. playing on... Oh, what a game that is. Oh, what geez. a game that is. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to this and, weekend. But yeah. And we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully Liverpool can pull up the socks, really, because it it should be an entertaining watch. But if it's the tripe that we saw the other night, far yeah. out, honestly. Um, well, Arsenal will be looking for something more than just the points, so there'll be more space for Liverpool. Agreed, agreed. Let's stay in England, though. The East Anglian derby. Whoa, what a game that was. Ipswich cannot get a win against Norwich. <laughs> 14, I think, now. It's 14 on the trot. 14 games in a row that mm. Ipswich have uh, not been able to beat... The East England rivals. Insane. John Rowe, the man of the moment for the Canaries. Mm. Two great goals. Mm. Wes Burns scored another good one, but it is an underrated derby as far as yeah, the UK goes. The, the old farm, El Tractico. Mm-hmm. Mm, El Tractico. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what Ed Sheeran was calling it when he was celebrating his goal. Uh, Ipswich's goal. He's an Ipswich town supporter. So uh, he's yeah. more than a supporter. He's, he is more uh, than a supporter. He's the, the front of shirt sponsor, Ed Sheeran. He is now, yes. Yes. Probably uh, an easier and, on a personal level, a safer way to invest money into the football club without buying it. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, but look, it's a, I think Ipswich is still pretty good in terms of their prospect. I think so. And yes, they dropped two points here and Leicester won, but Leeds didn't. And Correct. Coming up this weekend in the over kickoff is Ipswich against Leeds. What a game that's going to be. Yeah. What a game that is going to be. And that is and- the early kickoff as well. If the Tractor Boys pick up three points in that one, then I think they are in the box seat to go up, oh, which would be incredible. True. Back-to-back promotions. Yeah, very true. Very true. Where should we go to now, Nathan? Let's go to the continent, Les. Okay. I've got some news. Go on. So the Greek Super League is being played behind closed doors till February. Oh, what happened? Uh, there has been an increase in uh, football-related fans and violence, unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, so the government actually... Um, well, Super League actually made a decree that they would, you know, to in order to try and help with public safety and the police, that they would close the stadiums off and uh, the Super the Greek Super League would be played behind closed doors till February. Oof. There's been an increase yes. in violence in Greece lately with regards to uh, football and it's been very, very sad to see with young supporters uh, affected and becoming victims. So, And all they want to do is just go to the games and... They're being denied the opportunity to do so because of uh, hooligans, quite frankly. Mm. Um, And as a result, as well, Evangelos Marinakis is no longer the president of Super League. Surely that's a conflict of interest. Now, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Let me explain it to you like this. Mm. Yes, it is. However, the (laughs) clubs own the Super League. Yeah. As opposed to the Football Federation. Uh, So they've gone that kind of model. And it is similar to the A League in that sense that the own, like I said, the owners are the the clubs, and the big clubs obviously have a bigger say or more important say. But they do not employ an independent chairman. Mm. They normally rotate the presidency around the chairman of the club of the relevant of the respective clubs. So yes, that's how that normally works. And yes, it is a conflict of interest by our standards, no mm. doubt about it at all. Um, by anyone's standards, for that matter. 
Yeah. But that's the normal type of shenanigans that uh, normally you see <laughs> in Greek football, but hopefully those days are numbered. Hopefully. So there's an increase in violence yeah. in the stands, leading to the uh, closure of the, the stands for the supporters, which uh, no one likes to see. Laz, there's also been an increase in violence in Turkey mm. in regards to football. Yes, there has been. I've noticed that as well, actually. That, and, that, and that wasn't lost. Uh, that was mentioned in, in the dispatches with regards to the Greek uh, Super League as well. Yeah, uh, there was uh, one incident that uh, I think we should talk about a little bit, which happened in uh, in, in Turkey in the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes. The president of uh, Ankara Gucu, Barokoka. Uh, now, this is a story. This is a story. He stormed the pitch and slapped the face of the referee. Did more than that, Nathan. He punched yes. it. He punched. He did him. punch him. He's caught yes, him he square. Him. Not. He didn't slap yep. him. He punched him. True. True. Look, I don't want to make light of it, but it reminds me of the time that Chairman of Pal- of Palk, uh, Ivan Savidis, actually um, was brandishing a gun. I think I remember that. Yes, I think I remember hearing that story. Yes, <laughs> he wasn't like you know he wasn't holding the gun. Mm. But he had his holster. <laughs> he had the gun in his holster. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's laughable. I mean, it is laughable. It's, it's sad, so ridiculous. Really. It's ridiculous. That's what it is. That's why we're laughing because it is ridiculous, yep. right? This is mm-hmm. a game of football. Right? Yep. Yes, you're going to have some disappointment, but you don't make, you know, you don't need to show your weapon, you know, like as if I'm going to shoot the referee, you know, like, come on. And this guy here, absolute pork chop, really. Second he, probably wouldn't be like yeah. being, he probably wouldn't like being called a pork chop either. Well, that's why I said it, right? I mean, no, he wouldn't like it. And I can't think, you know, I'm trying to not be too insulting or derogatory, but it is just disgraceful. There's no other word for it. No, it is disgraceful. This guy has no place, really. If he's not going to be able to control himself and storm the pitch and commit an act of violence against a referee because he didn't like a decision, please. Next thing you know, he'll be on the bench running in the technical area. Probably. Making changes instead of the manager. He'll be kicking the signboards. And kicking the signboards. <laughs> but yes, this is not on. I mean, and this kind of violence against referees is not on. No. And there's been some response yep. from the FA in terms Correct. of uh, removing him from uh, a position of power, but they can't do a whole lot. But also, they have uh, suspended, well, they did suspend some games. Mm hmm. Off the back of it to try and send a message that this is not on, but the Turkish Super League is back in action coming up very soon. So it wasn't a long probation. Um, Nathan, yeah. So that would have been similar to Greece where they would have suspended all football activity. The government would have mm. actually done that, right? Mm. Um, in conjunction with the league. But we should mention that that club uh, is in the second division, or that, that was in the second division competition, not uh, the Turkish Super League. Right. So, um, yeah, and goodness knows if it's anything like the Greek second division or the third division. Yeah, it's a bit of a wild west. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. of a wild west, so yes. But um, they're very unfortunate, and the guy should be nowhere near football. No. Right, as, an, as a chairman or president. Because effectively, if you're a president, it's just another word for chairman. Um, yeah. And they're normally the big shit, like they're the normal, normally the majority shareholder. I'm trouble with my words tonight. Normally, they're the majority <laughs> shareholder. Uh, so that's why I'd say that uh, they'd be trying to move him on and divest his shares or cancel, mm. do something with the club. Um, yeah, because when it gets to that stage, yeah, it's not viewed upon lightly, that's for sure. Um, and look, we, people laugh about referees and what have you, and there was some posts that you see, some of these banter sites where 
you know, there's one doing the rounds that I saw earlier today, actually, from um, now I don't know if it's fake or not, but some, you know, seventh division competition in London and the referee put in a match report and somebody complained, you know, and he noted that somebody called him a tool, right? And he obviously took umbrage to that, felt the need to report it, right? Well, you don't make light of it, right? Yes, okay, there are worse things that you can be called. But you got to, you know, I'd rather play in a game that had referees that didn't have referees, right? And at the professional level, yes, you're always going to have referees, but not if you keep treating them like this. 100%. 100%. And in this same vein, the uh, the punishment for Manchester City got handed down this week for their overthought reaction at the end of the uh, Spurs game. Just on that, though, Nathan. They got a £120,000 fine. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. Go on. It's not insignificant. No. But for a club like Manchester City, it might as well be. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the resources, you know, in light of the resources that they have available to them. I understand Mm. that. I think the Mexican FA needs to, you know, look at developing referees from around the world. Yep. (laughs) I I think if we use the Mexican FA as the benchmark... Mm. Right, (laughs) and the referees' association there in Mexico, and the way that they handle players getting in their grill, Um, and we, you know, we reverse the crowding of the referees because if the referees decide to, you know, take take it upon themselves and take action into their own hands, you know, maybe that might uh, change perspective of everyone. And yeah, there'll be some uh, some balls getting kicked Hmm? at at the very least. Hmm. At, At the very least, yes. Uh, we need uh, stronger <laughs> officials and uh, ones that aren't going to really take much, like the Polish referee. Isn't that Masiniak? Is yeah, that sure. Yeah, the one that refereed the World Cup final. Yes. Mm. He is probably the best in Europe at the moment and um, need more officials like him. Yeah. No, look, I agree. I agree. What did you make of Michael, Michael Ola on the weekend, by the way, just talking oh. about officials? See, now I mentioned that, and now look at you going, oh. I mean, Good, goodness knows what Dallow said to him. Dallow could have said anything about his mother, right? We don't know what Dallow said, but obviously yeah, okay. it was enough. It was like, okay, the reaction was not great, but then he's gone in again and like, mate, just shut up. It just... was so soon. Like, he didn't give him a chance to come down. It was probably mid-sentence after mate, seeing the first yellow card. If, if you say something about the guy's mother to start off with, you're not going to get much of a chance to finish the sentence. Well, we're not saying he, you're not saying he did say that. No, we don't know what was said. I would like to know what was said. I'll be honest with you. Because then we, everyone can make a call and say, okay, well, that wasn't, you know, mm. hey, listen, if he's gone in, if he's called him an effing cheat or something to that effect, right, then it warrants a yellow, another yellow card. You cannot... But it was so fast after the first Yeah, one. but okay. Yes, I've, okay. I'm showing my dismay about the call. Great. Okay. But I think I think also he didn't give Dallas the opportunity just to realize the situation and calm down. Okay. But sometimes you, being an adult, you need to think before you speak, right? I don't give me the heat of the moment and all that kind of bullshit, right? Before, like we've played the game, look, we understand that. And look, look, everybody gets through frustrating. But if you question, if without knowing what was said, I'm making an mm. assumption here. It must have been pretty bad for the second yellow to come out straight away, or relatively. I, I would say that if it was really bad, he wouldn't have been shown the first yellow card. It would have been a straight red. I don't think that's where the. I think the yellow card was just shown for dis, like for dissent proper, right? Then something was said. And that's when the second yellow came out and said, right, that's it, not having that off the uh And fair enough. If that's what went down, if that's what transpired, sure. Yeah. Not and, a problem. And, and I think that's what... But I, I think if it wasn't something verbal, if it was more dissent, like, 
that sort of thing, then I think a second alley was a little bit harsh. I, I agree, and then it should be rescinded if that's especially the case. when you compare what happened to Darwin Nunez in the first half. Correct, right? So where he uh, had a verbal outburst, a physical mm. outburst, and he punted the ball away all for one yellow card. Yeah. So if that's the case, right? What needs to be determined is what was said. Mm. If he called him, if he insulted him, and it have to be a pretty bad insult, or if he called him an effing cheat. Something yeah, to that effect that actually question the integrity of the referee, right? You don't have to like him or not, right? But like I said, we need them, okay? Because mm-hmm. you don't have a game without them. It's that simple. Not a problem. If right. uh, there was something that warranted a second yellow card, then go now, for it. But if it was be consistent, just a- yeah, but be consistent across every game now. You oh. want to stop people because this is starting to creep into the game again is players crowding the referee. You want to stomp that in the head, pull the yellow out, and as soon as someone comes up, Bang yellow. Don't even talk to them. Mm-hmm. Just give yep. it to them. Bang yellow. You might bang play a yellow. couple games with bang three yellow. red cards for dissent. And do it Tell around you the what, world. If if that happens, it will stop overnight. Do it around the world and just stop it. Stop it. That's it. Don't do not hesitate. As soon as you see someone come up, if they're coming up and they're about to get in your grill, yellow card straight away. Don't mm-hmm. even talk about it. And within three weeks, you would have resolved this problem. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So. That it needs to happen, and it needs to happen very quickly, right? We need referees. We need people that want to be referees to to do it because you're not going to get ex-professionals who have made a comfortable living from football go and do it unless they're bored, right? <laughs> Even then, they'll just go into the media and... and, and well, correct, right? Cool. So... Like, stir things up. There, there are people that might want, to, might want have wanted to be professional footballers that can't be, right, for whatever reason. Encourage them to get into refereeing. Yeah, for sure. Right, and so, on know. this point, it's good to see that um, Rebecca Welsh was named as a official for the upcoming games, mm-hmm. and she's going to be uh, officiating Fulham against Burnley in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's First true. First female to referee a Premier League game, and it'd be great to see. I would be very interested to see this if there's a difference in the level of dissent. And what do you think, Nathan? I, I, you already know my answer based on that previous thing I said. There's going to be a big difference, and there will be. Mm-hmm. One because I'm uh, uh, speaking from seeing it in the NRL. You have a female center ref. The level of descent goes right down. And if it goes down for a female official, then what is why can't that also happen for male officials? Totally agree. And mm-hmm. the example I'd like to point out is the French referee Stephanie. Uh, I can't remember her surname off the top of my head, but she's refereed UEFA Champions League games and all mm-hmm. that. Right, um, refereed in the last Men's World Cup as well was here as part of the Women's World Cup, great referee. And, yeah, she yeah, I when I've happened to catch games that she's been refereeing, there doesn't seem to be any dissent. It's quite yeah. inter- interesting, that. There is a difference. And mm. as I say, if you can hold yourself against a female official, then you can hold yourself against a male one too. Spot on. And Spot on. Well said. Also, it's great to see a diverse refereeing pool. You see more women refereeing men's football at, at high levels. Mm-hmm. There also needs to be an avenue for uh, more diversity in the refereeing ranks as well. Like when was the last time there was a, a referee of colour in the Premier League? Yeah. In a very long time. And um, one's been appointed as well. Yeah. And yeah. part of that is that why would anyone want to be a referee in this current state? And that's exactly where this comes from. So you've already got people that don't want to be referees and then you extrapolate that out further. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you, you know, I don't care when I say this, I say it with all due respect. I don't care of the gender of the referee or their um, ethnicity, or what it is. If they're good enough to do the job, put them in mm-hmm. and give them the tools, support support them, 
make sure that they're able to do whatever it is that they can do in order to excel at what it is that they're doing, right? They don't care if they were, you know, like I said, not fussed about their gender, not fussed about their ethnicity, not fussed about anything like, you know, if they're, if they're deemed good enough to do the job, let them do it and all power to them. And that's support the point. Them I, I and think support them. things like gender, race, skin color do matter when it comes to referees because the current system doesn't facilitate yeah. people no, of those demographics to come I, through and referee I, at the top level. I, I get your point. I get your point with because, regard to that. And when you do that, when you don't facilitate hmm. a diverse refereeing group, hmm. then you are limiting the pool and therefore the average quality of the referee drops. That's just natural. Yeah, because but also there's a, people around people around other people that want to be referees may be talking them against it because of mm. the crap that they cop. Because also, if you've got right a referee who's of African descent in a Premier League game and they make a mm. controversial call, you just know what's going to come from the stands from some individuals. You just know what's going to come out. Yeah, and it's sad, right? And then it, it and, is, and people need to. It's up to the supporters in the stands to go, "Hey, that's not cool, man. That's yeah. not cool." Right, and call it out that way. Right. Um, I go back to a premise that I said a long time ago, Nathan. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. It's that simple. Yep. It really is. You know, not that I want to get all fatherly and parental advice and all that. I mean, <laughs> but it, re- it really just comes down to that. Yes, it's a game. We love the game. We love to compete. Right. But at the end of the day, just have respect for your fellow human being. It doesn't matter what, you know where they come from, what they are, who they are, or whatever the case is. Just be thankful that someone's actually willing to referee the game, for instance. Okay. Then we can, you know, yes, we talked about, hey, you can talk about the nitty-gritty, and obviously that's part of the issues as well, right, with the coverage and the criticism and all that kind of stuff. But just get, you know, just have respect for these people and let them do what, you know, encourage them to, to do it. And if a kid wants to be a referee from a young age, let them referee and actually don't, Bust their chops. Yeah. You know, they're learning. You see that all the way up and down oh, at all levels. You know. And, and games that realistically don't matter. No, that's right. And look, I've seen it as a coach at local soccer. And and, and there are parents that will criticize, like they will say, oh, the referee made the wrong call. Yeah, they did. And we question the ref. And, but the way that I, I, I do it is I, I would actually, I would normally approach them after the game just to seek clarification around a decision of what they made respectfully. Right. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well done. And, Job well done. And you know, rather than actually be in their face, I mean, some of them are only kids. Goodness yeah, sake. Hundred percent. And you're allowed to disagree, but of course you are. There's a way to do that. Correct. And referees never going to change their mind, especially after the fact. Of course. Right. So all you're doing is just seeking clarification around what you know. Hey, what's what are they thinking? And also, order, you're trying to order, influence the next decision as well. Well, not necessarily. Not at this age. Right. Not at tens or elevens or twelves. But it's more so to actually know how you're going to coach your team. Mm. in light of interpretations and, and things like that, right? So, you know, where, for instance, no offsides or, you know, like as the age gap, you know, as you go through the ages, 10s, there's no offsides. 11s, okay, well, they start tinkering with maybe the concept of offside 12. There is offsides, mm. right? So you need to, you know, bear that in mind and adjust your coaching for that as well, right? So, but you can't be, you know, you've got to encourage people that want to be referees and and let them try and become good at it, you know? Very much so. Very much so. But anyhow, and we digress. Yes, we do. We do. As we were talking about European football. Yes. And sorry, we were caught talking. Yeah, we were talk- we're, so where did we end up on the Turkish president? Uh, not, 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 Erd- not Erdogan, the other guy. No, the not club him. president. Sorry. <laughs> we, we were saying the Turkish. We're talking about the Turkish club president of uh, Agurajungu. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, I think 
they're in the process of uh, getting him removed. But uh, not yeah, quick enough. But anyway, not quick enough. And as we say, no plays in football for things like that. Yeah. Laz, let's move over to uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. I say because it was a, a fun weekend in La Liga. It was. It was. It was indeed. And two wins for our teams, which is yes. nice to see. Especially against the, in your club's case, Atletico Madrid. Very good win. Very, Very good, win. good win. Thoroughly deserves as well. Yeah, 100%. Notice that there was um, John Rahm was there, the golfer. Yeah, good he's, to see. Apparently, he is a, wasn't there as a token supporter there, Nathan. He mm. is a big Athletic Bilbao supporter. I think pretty much everyone in uh, the, the Basque region, with the exception of those who are towards uh, Raul Sociedad, mm. I think even the supporters of Raul Sociedad see Athletic Club as, uh, as, as much an ally as a local rival. Mm. Mm. And it's very much a, uh, a region that has pride in itself and what they mm-hmm. stand for and who they are that uh, definitely see themselves as Basque rather than Spanish, and that's got lots of uh, historic mm-hmm. context with it. Sure. Going all the way back to, uh, to Franco, but... Pretty much everyone there is uh, very passionate and they love their football, they love their club, and their club repays that faith and that support mm. because they've never been relegated at mm-hmm. any club. They're league champions, they've competed in Europe, they've won cups, mm-hmm. and more often than not, they're in the top half of the league, Yep. particularly when they uh, can throw out performances like that. Absolutely. Using only players with links to the region as well. No Correct. external players, which is a fantastic thing to achieve, to be that competitive with only using academy players and uh, players with some uh, family link to the Basque region. And yeah. a 2 new win over uh, Atleti, which is uh, a very good result and keeps them in touching distance for the uh, the Champions League spots. Yeah, yeah. Simeone, though, uh, wasn't grabbing his corners and uh, saying La Puta. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, on the weekend, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the right reasons, just all for the wrong mm. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, but uh, Real had a good win. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 4-1 over... A, uh, a great win over, yep. yeah, over Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good goal from Abraham Diaz. He's a great player, he is. He is. I, 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 like the, I like the cut of his jib. He is been, he's surprised me, actually. He's been out of the picture for a long time there. Yeah. He was on loan at uh, Milan a couple times, yeah. I think. and he's come back uh, in mm. and he's taken it to it very well. And they need him because of all the injuries they've got. They picked up another Correct. one. Yes. Yeah. They mentioned in... David Alaba yes, being their gone. third ACL. ACL. Left ACL. Yeah, which is Along a shame. Along for Courtois. Which is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. But, but a good performance, a good win. Nonetheless, But they're not yeah. top, Laz. No. Girona. <laughs> Bloody Girona. We'll get on to <laughs> they Girona. just keep on keeping on. Yeah, look, they're in the title race as well. Yes. Spain, that's it. Barca, I think, on the slide. Atletico Madrid, well, obviously losing here and there. It's between them and Real Madrid, I think. Seems like it. And I'm glad to say, just for Girona fans, if there are any, but I think Real will just get them when the push comes to shove. Just. Mm. You know what I mean? Just. But um, I've got to give credit to Zone And I posted on my LinkedIn uh, earlier today, actually. So Zone were covering the league uh, locally in Spain for Spanish uh, TV. Um, and what they did was they actually had both managers as they were having a conversation after the game, they actually got them both on at the same time at the panel. And um, obviously Girona and Barcelona being Catalan clubs, that was obviously easy, but also uh, they had the um, 
they also had a representative for the interpretive language as well, like a sign language of the Spanish equivalent mm-hmm. of Auslan and all that kind of stuff. So it was, and um, it raised the issue, and that kind of raised an issue of accessibility around um, Stadia as well, which was quite good to see. So that was the post-game coverage from Design. So full credit to them. I thought it was unreal. And it's on my LinkedIn page if you uh, want to check it out. Feel free to. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great initiative. Yeah, very much so. And, and look, good coverage that pairs yeah. up with the Optus coverage as well that says uh been pretty good. Yeah. The uh, package that they'll put together on uh, La Liga TV. Yeah. And uh, yeah, fantastic to see. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see both ma- like, you know, rival managers or you want to call them mm. that on at the same time. I think that would be great. I think that would be a good thing. Obviously, you're not going to do that at every stage, but Uh-oh. if they're open to it, why not? You know, We did see one, I think, in the Premier League last season. It was Thomas Frank and Graham Potter, I think, for Brentford against Chelsea. And I think they were good mates mm. somehow mm. through some... Um, Maybe through Graham's work relationship. In yeah, Graham's work in Scandinavia. Maybe. Um, but yeah. That was great. And there are some questions like, oh, how are you going to get the better of uh, this mm-hmm. guy over here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was good. I think should see it more often. It would have been great to have uh, both our Luisi brothers on the early coverage. I agree. Last weekend. So that that would have been, that would have been great. <laughs> mm. It would have been awesome. Like having them come to the Channel 10 panel, you know what I mean? The, and yeah. give them a microphone each and go, okay, guys, tell us mm. about it. You know? Yep. Although I think John would have calmed down by that time as well. So it would have been all right. Yeah. Yeah, he would have had some explaining to do, but <laughs> <laughs> would have been all right. Uh, Laz, some of the other highlights from uh, Spain this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think Sevilla going down 3-0 to Hatafe and sacking the manager. Yeah, that was ordinary from Sevilla. Looking for, what, their fifth permanent manager in, across the last two seasons. Crazy, isn't it? Sounds like it's going to be uh, Kike Sanchez-Flores coming in. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that. Came across that, yes. I mean, he's probably going to get sacked by March, so... But yeah. So... <laughs> oh, dear. It's not they great. They finished bottom of the Champions League group. Yeah, that, yes, they did. They're looking over their shoulder at the trap door. They're only out of the drop zone on goal difference. Or on head-to-head, I should say. Yeah, long way to go yet. Mm. They can still Long way to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else, Les? Mm. For Spain? Not for Spain, no. No, not at this point. Shall we change tack then? Indeed. Where shall we go? Have you got anywhere in mind? I think we could touch on Bundesliga. Let's go for it. Bayern uh, with a, a uh, return to form, a 3-0 win, and over Stuttgart, who were a little bit... They were off. They were off, big time. And they were off. Conceding the first couple of minutes, you can yeah. see like, their confidence just drained completely, yeah. and yeah. they weren't the same team. No. By 20 minutes, they were beat. Yep, correct. And a bit of a disappointment for them. We're thinking, oh, Bayern just lost to Frankfurt. Can Stuttgart go and cause another mm. stir? But no, not to be. Mm. Dortmund drop points again. Yeah. yeah. Again, yes. They're they're a different team in the league to the Champions League. I don't they, get it. They are. There's two Borussia Dortmunds, a one-all draw, and the goal they conceded. Nico Schlotterbeck, what is he doing? Just <laughs> I weak. I saw that. Just yeah, weak. It did look weak. Mm. It did look weak. I'm not going to yeah. lie there. But Leverkusen, yep. good win. Indeed. 3-0 over Frankfurt. They killed them. Business as usual for Leverkusen. Yep. And the Xabi Alonso. It's ridiculous, really. Gee, are they going to do it? Maybe. It looks like they could. It looks like they could. Mm. It's absolutely insane, isn't it? It's bananas. So you got Girona, Leverkusen, Villa. Yep. That are all in title races. Yep. And in Italy, mm. you've got maybe a Champions League race, Bologna. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say. Mm. Yeah. It, it, and I'm glad you mentioned Italy because I think uh, Jose's under the pump. 
He's been talking a lot this week, Jose. He has, actually. I'm glad you mentioned that. Going on about how oh, Spurs were wrong to sack me two days before a cup final. Which okay, they were. Which they were. He was right about that. Yes. And saying, that. talking about uh, Richard Arnold, how he's such a great guy at Manchester United, and uh-huh. I still love the club, yada, yada, yada. But really, he should be worried about his own team and his own team's performance because he, he should they're be, on the slide big time. He should be. And he, met, and he did, um, somebody did ask him about Manchester City and Pep as well. Mm. To which he said, hey, listen, if I had the money that Pep had, well, then, you know, oh. it'd be a different story as well. So I think I saw a money that I think I saw a stat that no manager spent more money in the transfer market than Jose Mourinho. He's been around a while. He has been around a while, but so has Pep. Yeah, he has. He has. That's true. So Jose can't really cry foul about, and, oh, no. I've not had a lot of money to spend. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. I, I don't think it was even a uh, complaint about that. It was just about. So could journalists ask him about, hey, you know, what they thought of um, of Manchester City and the current situation, which he normally would just not say, hey, I don't talk about other clubs, right? Mm. But, uh, yeah, he has been speaking a little bit this week, especially, yeah, about um, Spurs, his former employer. Yep. but Dan- Daniel Levy is an interesting character. Yeah, that he is. That he is. But, yes. And uh, as uh, one possible who says, he's uh, written his letter to Santa. <laughs> For the January true. window, and we yeah. wait and see whether Andrew's been naughty or nice. That's true, very <laughs> true. But you were saying about uh, it's uh, the Syria, yeah, Italy. Roma, yeah. another poor performance. Yeah, no Lukaku, no party. It seems, which is a crazy thing to say. That's true. If you hadn't been watching Lukaku and Roma this season, you'd be thinking, "What on earth am I on about?" Yes, correct. But he's been in fine form, and they look lost without him. Mm. And true. Uh, well, Jose's. Yes, they might do a run in the Europa League again. We'll come on to that in a moment, but mm-hmm. um, it's not looking good for the league. No, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. I, th- I think they'll miss out on the um, top four in the. It's not going to miss out on Europe altogether. Uh, I think they'll. Well, possibly, but uh, still, you know, maybe a Conference League spot. Mm. But Inter look really good again. Mm-hmm. Great performance. Great result. Away at Lazio. Very true. Napoli need to talk about Aussie men. What an assist! I know for the, for the winner. I know. Incredible. Unbelievable assist. <laughs> yeah. Do do check it out and find it if you haven't yeah. seen it. No, very he's, sure. he's done some ball juggling. Yes, he has. Held off the defender, spun, yes. fired across goal for a tap in for Varashkelia. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it is unbelievable. Mm. He's a hell, a hell of a player. Hell of a player. He is. Milan with a good win. Yeah. It's Inters, I think. It is. It's Especially Inters. Especially when got U of A dropping points again. Yeah, correct. Correct. I think it's Inters. Yeah. But that is that is the one league that we can safely say is uh, wrapping up already at the midway point. But yeah. We know who's going to win Serie yeah. A now. Yeah. We know who's going to take the Scudetto, but you can't say that about the other top no. four leagues. No, no, I agree. Mm. Agreed. Um, Completely agree. But, Laz, some uh, more European news. Yeah. We have the draw for the Champions League round 16. Yes. Yes, we do. And it is... Uh, A couple of tasty ties in there. I know that. Look. Is there... Is there? There are. Look, okay. Napoli, Barcelona. Napoli, Barcelona is cool. Yeah. No? Barcelona's Barcelona, aren't they? You'd agree yeah. with that. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> oh, I thought it, I think it's pretty cool. It's not bad. I mean, I don't want to pour cold water. Okay, which is the it, one that you like? PSG, Real Sociedad. I like that one too. But I like That's Inter. The one. I like Inter and Atletico. Yeah, it's well. not bad. I think Inter just go through them, to be honest. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. You never know with this Atletico Madrid side. True. You, you never know. Morata fires for one, you know. 
you just don't know how they um, how 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 it plays out. But I think you're right there. Those three ties are really tasty. Yeah, uh, the rest sort of lead themselves to a good quarterfinal matchup, shall we say? If the top eight seeds get through, mm. the next the quarterfinal round will be it. Oof. Oof. Wow. Yeah, that's one thing you can say. Yes, okay. The round of sixteen has got a lot of favourites, but geez, if this you know the top eight seeds all make it through to the quarterfinals, it'll be a very interesting uh, quarterfinal phase. That's for sure. Big time, big time. Mm. Set up taste. Set up very well. And look, this year I noticed that the Conference League and the Europa League have taken the round of thirty-two out. Which yeah, is it, which is uh, which is good. There's like it's not necessarily taken out, but well, the uh, group the group winners got a buy for the round of thirty-two. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you've got Feyenoord against Roma again in the Europa League mm, mm. knockout round, which is the pick of the bunch for the Europa League. Mm, very true. Um, but yes, those games are uh, in February for the Europa Correct. League qualifiers, and Correct. Champions League knockouts are a bit after that. So you don't know what's going to change, what teams are going to come back into form or out of form, who's going to sign who in January, and it's uh, always tricky making some predictions in December. Mm. Based off football badges that are going to happen in two or three months' time. Very true. Uh, Laz, do you have any more uh, Euro news before we uh, move on? Uh, that's it for me. That's cool. it for me, Nathan. Off the top, um, off the top of my head. Oh, actually, I did have something. Now mm-hmm. that you mention it, now that you mention it, I did have something. Go on. But at, and it, it, it's about Italy, actually. Okay. Atalanta. Mm-hmm. They've made listen to this. They've made profits eight years a row, eight years in a row. Very good. Very good. How's that for an example of and football club administration? Yep. And I wonder how many of those are player transfers? Uh yes, that does play a significant part. Eighty seven million for twenty three, twenty four. So yeah, far. a lot of that's total. gonna be uh Rasmus Hoyland. Yeah. So the total for the last seven years is hundred and twenty six million. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. Yeah, not bad at all. So yes, that was something that uh, caught my eye. Very good. Football clubs yeah. making money is uh, never a bad thing. That's right. So where do we go, Nathan? Uh, do you want to make some uh, rapid-fire stories? Sure. Let's go for it. Uh, an update is uh, Kevin Musket has a new job. I've missed this. When Really? He's uh, I... signed up for Shanghai Port. Oh, that's why I missed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, bit of a strange move. Yeah, it is. I think he's... Uh, I don't understand that move. I would have thought... Uh, secured his financial future, shall we say. Well, good luck to him then. Mm. I mean... Also, he's still in the early phase of his career. If he smashes it there, then maybe there's another opportunity that presents itself later on. But oh, a little bit disappointed that it's not a uh, a job akin to the ones that he was linked to over the last month or two. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Agreed. But if it's a big payday, half his luck. Yeah. Uh, I think I heard $6 million. There you go. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Can't knock that. Mm. Uh, I think we, we may have mentioned it in our uh, A-League wrap, but uh, Matt Leckie's out for six yep, weeks. Yeah. Uh, so a bit of a headache for Graham Arnold. And Indeed. Do you pick him? Do you pick him in the Asian Cup squad? No, you can't. No. You can't. He's just come back from injury and he's just uh, injured again, so no. Yeah. And uh, the other one I got is uh, a headline here that was uh, coming from across the ditch. Christchurch United President Slava Main is interested in an A-League football franchise bid. Awesome. What do you make of a third New Zealand team in Christchurch? Why not? Why not? Why not? Maybe not for team 15 or 16. Give Auckland time to grow, room to breathe. Mm. No? No. No? No. Just if they're willing and they've got the means, go for it. I'd like to see Tassie. Same. Before Christchurch. Uh, I'd 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 like to see Tassie, but 
I don't care yeah. if they both came in at the same time. I'd also like to see a second Queensland team, be it North Queensland, be it the Gold Coast or Agreed. Brisbane too. Yeah, agree with, agree with you. What about Sunshine Coast? Yeah, uh, yeah. one of Sunshine Coast yeah. or Gold Coast, not both. Oh. Um, I know Gold Coast is a bit of a graveyard for Australian sporting teams. Correct. Football notwithstanding. And um, also for the old Fury, I'd like to see that rehashed. Do you want to see Clive Palmer back in football or...? No, <laughs> no, categorically no. Completely <laughs> um, understandable. But I would, well, I do want to see um, Queensland represented more than just the raw. Agree, agree with you. Part, partly because the war have been uh, sleepwalking for a few years now. Yes, they're, they're doing all right this season on the park, but agree, agree with you. For too long now, they have sort of just been on the back burner, and they've got the third biggest market in Australia all themselves, and not doing much of it. No, seemingly, uh, seemingly. I'm sure they're, they're working harder mm-hmm. in the uh, boardroom and in the club, but they need some competition. That they Just do. some healthy competition. That they do, definitely. Les, I want to take you to the uh, Liga MX final that was on yesterday. Yes. Have you seen this? We did reference Mexico before. But... <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, go. The goalkeeper for Tigres. Yes. Guzman. Yes. He got sent off in the game. Yes, he did. And... Uh... Instead of leaving the pitch, as you would expect, <laughs> he goes and hides under a carpet behind the goal. <laughs> yeah, which which they um, which they have. Yep, <laughs> amazing. Mm, only in Mexico. Yeah, I'm sure he was uh, screaming underlay, underlay. <sighs> no, don't, don't, don't. That was just terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. But um, yes, that's what, well, yes, for those, because we're not a video podcast, but we, uh, mm. I had my hands in my head because I had seen it and I just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not seen anything like it. Hey, Liga MX has been a wild ride this season. There's been some highlights. Uh, with referees being people in the nuts and. Yes. Goalkeepers hiding under carpets. We had uh, a dog on the pitch. Correct. We had uh, someone doing a hopper. That was the weirdest one of the lot, yes. <laughs> Liga MX is wild. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. Ain't it just? That's what else caught your eye. Um, oh, Nathan, I, I think that's it. I think we've pretty much covered it. Look, we talked about the Champions League draw. We touched on briefly with regards to the nation, uh, to the Nations League, to the um, Conference League and the Europa League. All these leagues are just, you know, throwing me off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All of me smash. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. But just you I wait mean, for the Swiss model next year. That's right, and it's, that's just going to be confusing as fuck. I have to say, it really oh, yeah. is. But anyhow, um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out all in due course. Uh, Bielsa's translator. Oh yes, back at work in the A League at Central Coast. Did you know that? No. So the translator that Bielsa had at Leeds, yeah, is here in in Australia working for Central Coast. Really? Yes, he is. Adres Clavillo. Oh. Okay. Hey, we should get him on here. Yes, and he was uh, there to assist uh, Angel Torres. I should have mentioned it. Mm. Um, he was there on the Paramount uh, post-match interview. Yeah, I'm sure he's got some stories. Mm. I'm sure he does. Might have to reach out to him. Uh, the other thing is, have you? did you know that uh, when Gabriel Jesus scores, his team, the team that he plays for doesn't lose? Has he never lost as a goal scorer, has he? No. All the way going back to Brazil. 59 games, no Premier League. Premier okay. League only, 59 games, mm-hmm. 54 wins, five draws when I he mean, scored. 
Who's he played for, but he's not playing That's for That's what I'm saying. He? Well, no, yeah. but 59 – like he's playing for Manchester City or Arsenal, right? Mm. 59 games that he's scored in and his teams have won 54 of those games and drawn the other five. Pretty good. He's I mean, out, mo- he's out, most he's, of his he's, time he's, at City is him coming off the bench when they're already 3-0 up and him scoring a fourth. His output should be more. It should be. <laughs> you know. And that's why Arsenal are linked to the likes of Ivan Tony in January. Correct. 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 Tell me what you think about um, this quote. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can guess it. Who said it? There was more pure footballs back in the day. Now you have to be an athlete. You just have to be able to run. You have to be big. You have to be fast. You have to be covering X amount of kilometers now. Oh. All right. There's loads of great players that were absolute ballers, proper, proper talented. Now, if you run a bit further than anyone else and basically pass it from A to B, then you're getting a decent career in the Premier League. I know the quote. I saw okay. the headline. All right, I saw the go. quote. All right. Who said it? One more part. You don't even have to be that good anymore. Back in the day, you had to have real real skill and top attributes to be a top footballer. Who said it? Was it Graham Soonis? Nope. See, it sounds like players of that generation, doesn't it? But yeah. it's it's a more modern player than that. Who said it? I remember seeing the quote in the past week. It's not going to come to me. Michael Owen. That's right. It was Michael Owen. I was close with Graham Soonis. Mm, Ex-Liverpool pundit. You were. Uh, yeah. You were. He's right. He is right. He's right. Uh, Como, 1907, became one of Europe's first clubs to stream all their matches for free to fans. So Como, who's playing the Serie B, managed by Cesc Fabregas. Yep. Streaming all their games live. Beautiful. For free. Good to see. Mm. So, yes. Um, And they're the kind of things that caught my eye. Les, I have one more. Go for it. Do you see that uh, Sammy Silvera scored an indirect free kick? Yes. I just thought based off our uh, handball talk from the past couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. It was a lot of fun, that. Mm. Um, I can't disagree with you. I think that's a great idea. Uh, mm. I, I, look, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think they should be more prevalent. We need more indirect free kicks. I agree. They should be more prevalent. I'm with you. Mm. 100%. 100%. I think it's a great idea. But Laz, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, weekend? You mentioned it. Liverpool versus Arsenal. I mean, I'm looking forward to Christmas, right? Because we, you know. Yes. Uh, we've got... And as we record, it's Tuesday night, but tomorrow morning, you know, whoever listens to the pod will have already found out the result, but it is the League Cup quarterfinal mm. stage. Yep. And uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yes, yep. Newcastle's visit to Stamford Bridge. So that um, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to. But uh, Liverpool-Arsenal really is the game that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, 100%. And, how, about, uh, how about yourself? That League Cup game, I mean, I don't know who's... More desperate to win this match, I think both teams are to the peak because Newcastle need yeah. a trophy. It's been yes. too long since they've won one. And Chelsea need to win this cup for European football next season. Correct. Even if it is a spot in the Conference League. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's correct. So that is a very uh, interesting in prospect. As you say, the backpackers will know who's gone through by the time they listen to this. I'd also like to point to uh, Port Vale Middlesbrough mm-hmm. in the same competition. It's a great opportunity for either of those teams to make a uh, cup semi-final. And... Uh, should also mention A-League Thursday night this week. Yes. Brisbane against the Central Coast Mariners. Correct. That'll be fun. Sure will be, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say Friday morning, we got uh, Raul Betis against Girona. Yes, we do. That'll be uh, pretty good. Yes. Yeah, no, that will be a good game, actually. That will be a good game. And uh, it's a good weekend uh, in Australian football in prospect because we have a double-headed Melbourne derby on Saturday afternoon evening. That's big. Mm. Hopefully there's a big crowd out there. There should be. 
Mm. They absolutely should be. And hopefully everyone behaves themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other story today was that uh, Melbourne City supporters had their uh, TIFO declined by the uh, NBL. Okay, I wonder why. They said what was it along the lines of, uh, I think it was a tagline, Melbourne is City or something like that. Right. Just sounds pretty tame. Sure. But I think after what happened near enough to a year ago, they want just a just Melbourne to get, derby to go through without just to get, yeah, any just, serious problems. Just to get through it. <laughs> just to get through it. We should we should mention that the Club World Cup final is on this Saturday morning and Fluminense is already in the final. Yep. And they will go up against the winners of Uruwa Red Diamonds and Manchester City, which is being played tomorrow morning. Yes, and I was looking around for the broadcaster. Uh, it's on FIFA Plus. You have to there go and uh, sign up there to watch it. Um, should be interesting. Mm. I'm expecting City to get get past Ura. Would be great to see an upset there. Uh, but the final's always the uh, big ticket game here. Yep. Europe versus South America. One uh, thing- also this weekend, I'd like to uh, point to um, Fernabache Galatasaray. The big game in Turkish football this weekend. Oof. Now, that's the Turkish El Clasico, mm. I think. It's yeah. a derby as well because they're both uh, Istanbul teams. I mean, there's three big teams in Istanbul. You've got um, Besiktas as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce is a big, big game. There's a Super Saturday on as well in the A-League this Saturday. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. So you can start off your football watching, let's say, Saturday morning because there is Premier League on Saturday morning as well. But there is the World Cup, uh, Club World Cup final. Um, so let's say that you watch Premier League at 7 a.m. or the Club World Cup final at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Either way, by nine o'clock, you're done. And then six and a half hours kip, basically, or a rest for six and a half hours. And then you can just plonk your butt down in front of the TV <laughs> and watch Wellington versus the Wanderers and Sydney Big FC. Game. Yeah, Sydney FC, Western United, and then Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, like you mentioned, and Perth Glory MacArthur, which... And then well, that sounds... leads into Saturday Night Premier League. That's right, which is... West Ham Manchester United, Ham and as well as Ipswich Leeds in the Championship. Yep. Same time. And then I'll be watching Luton Town, Newcastle United after that. that. Is that on the goal rush, is it? That is on the goal rush, yes. And then it's Liverpool Arsenal. Far out. What a Saturday in prospect, Les. <laughs> Sun- and Sunday morning, you got Roma Napoli. Mm-hmm. That you do. And Bologna-Atalanta as well. Well, that's a good game. Mm. Uh, Spurs-Everton is also on the goal rush this week. Mm. So, And there's so much football. It is the festive period. There's so much to sink your teeth into. It's been uh, a fantastic covering it. Uh, and, Laz, it's a pleasure to cover it with you. Thank yes, you it much. is. Yes, it and is. thank you to the backpeggers. We will Indeed. Uh, speak to you next week. And thank goodness for Christmas so we can recover. Yes. Just, just to do it all again on Boxing Day and on the 27th and 28th for the Premier League and the other leagues in England whilst um, the other leagues in Europe will have a bit of a break just for a few days. Mm. Mm. Merry Indeed. Christmas, Nathan. Indeed. Merry Christmas to you, Laz. Merry Christmas to the backpeggers. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. And thank you for uh, you know for downloading and listening and rating and subscriptions and everything else in your interactions. So. Uh, please feel free to like, share, subscribe, let us know your thoughts. Follow us on the socials, uh, on Instagram, at the back peg, on X, at the back peg, and our own personal Instagram handles. So, yeah, and just uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Enjoy the festivities and stay safe. Enjoy the football. Cheers, everyone.